Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. Look at your neighbor and say, Camelot. It was he who delivered to his people this paradise, his courage, his cunning. He was a warrior. He drove back the raiding Saxon hordes into the sea. His skills as a negotiator united all the little petty regional kings and kingdoms. He ended the constant bloodshed. And for the first time since the Roman Roman legions had marched, he brought the old Roman colony of Britannia under a single glorious banner. His leadership seemed nearly divine, not quite, but nearly divine. It was kind of like a heaven on earth under his rule. So as long as Arthur occupied the throne and he rode the king's highways with his companions known as the Knights of the Round Table, life was secure and carefree and, and, and fulfilling. And when the king was in his castle, the kingdom breathed a collective sigh of contentment. The king is on the throne. Is the king on the throne of your heart today? Only the sounds of warfare that could, the only sounds of warfare that could be heard were those jousting matches. Young men, these young knights and wannabes having their, their, their battles in those festivals and celebrating dents on their armor. The, the sounds that disturbed the night were the trampling sounds of centurions as they were on the castle walls with an occasional in the distance all is well. I don't know if they sang very well, but you know, all is well. It was not a sound of struggle. It was a sound of peace. You can't hardly turn the TV on today and hear a sound of peace. My wife, the queen of my castle, on occasion walks over to the television with a smile and goes, peace, be still. shy, don't pass it by. Peace. Peace. She said, I said, peace, work. <laughs> and gets that thing to work. When the queen says, I need a moment of silence, life can be very good. Dinner could be very late. It's your attitude that could determine that. Can I get a witness? Sometimes you just need to take a collective sigh of peace. Camelot was this ideal realm in which they lived and we read and every generation since I think the time of Camelot uh, has sought for that same peace the the kingdom of summer peace and sunlight and music and laughter and everything at rest and all uh, it all rides on this one thing the shoulders of the king King Arthur how many of you remember when John Fitzgerald Kennedy became president Um, I don't remember, but I was an infant. (laughs) They called it Camelot. I've heard the stories. I've seen the pictures. John Fitzgerald Kennedy's wife, she walked like a queen. The beauty of their family, this young, healthy family, beautiful children, 
in the White House. Just it was a different presentation than what had been with much older presidents and, and not necessarily seeing children in the White House or celebrating little ones. And now we've got pictures and movie and, and clips of these little children and, and the president playing with John John in the Oval Office and just the immensity. This country was in awe of it and thought maybe Camelot has come to America. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were, they were looking for, something perfect and something ideal. And the newspapers even called his leadership and his time in presidency the time of Camelot. Of course, we all know there were reported issues with King Arthur, John Fitzgerald Kennedy later. Lapses of moral judgment. That's a nice way of saying betrayal. All until a bullet shattered the dreams of Americans and Camelot was broken. And it seems like the kingdom of Summer faded like a foggy dream into a cold November morning. And the nation was faced with something horrific. The fact is that leadership is everything, gentlemen. Leadership is everything. When there's a competent leader at the head of things, somehow everything just seems better. People feel better. Their spirits are up. Criticism is down. Cynicism just kind of slithers back and to the shadows from which it come, and life is better. Life is good. Kind of like that old Sam Cooke song that says, summertime and the living is easy. <laughs> your daddy's rich and your mama's good looking. <laughs> well, my mama was good looking. My daddy wasn't rich, so I still enjoy the song. I'm looking at you right now, and I'm saying, fathers, sons, Brothers, it's Camelot. There is a kingdom, and Jesus taught us about the kingdom for the entirety of his time here on the planet. He wanted us to know that there was a time coming. Invitation is now. And then he said to his disciples, Go and hand out invitations. Bring people to the door and escort them in. I am the door, he said. I want every one of my orphaned children to come and return to my father and become adopted, born anew, enter the kingdom. Jesus showed us the power and the majesty, not the magic, the power and the majesty of his father's kingdom. He ruled and reigned. He was sound asleep when the boys woke him up and said, don't you care we're about to drown? Jesus. Obviously, they weren't concerned about his eternity, but they were concerned about their own. So he wipes the rain and the wash of the, 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 the water from his eyes and stands up and says, peace, be still. And the wind and the wave obeyed him. And the boys' eyes got really big because they thought even the wind and the wave obey him. They had already seen demons cower at his feet. They'd already seen people set free from demonic oppressions. 
And now he has power over the elements? How about the day he's walking on the water out to the boat? Is that a spooky, spooky apparition called Ghostbusters? If that's really you, Peter said, bid me come. Peter's already seen some miracles and he knows some, there's some wonder-working power in this dude. So he steps out the boat and he starts walking on the water. Hey, boys, look at here. <laughs> you all lazy things in the boat. I'm walking. But he got distracted by the wind and the wave and began to sink. And thank God, Jesus let him go far enough to think he was going to die <laughs> so that he would no longer look at the wind and the wave but keep his eyes on the prize. And he reached down and pulled him up. And then they walked back to the boat. I don't care what you say. Don't you run your mouth against Peter. Nary anybody else got out the boat that day. <laughs> Just Peter. <laughs> He's the only one. If there's no one up in, Peter got it. He walked on water with the Messiah. <laughs> and then uh, and I heard that. I just, I got my own backup going on right now. I'm letting Joe have a break. Just give him a break for a minute. But uh, I, Peter has got it. You and I right now, we're, we're stepping into summer. I don't want a fake Camelot. I don't want Hollywood's version of it. Gentlemen, I, I, want, I want this series, Fathers, Sons, and Brothers, to be understood by us as a house. Because there are many men that are going to step through that door. And they're going to want to know why are y'all the way you are. It's going to be because you understand that you're called to be a father and a son and a brother. And there are men who have been fathers to me who had never sired a child, but they were fathers to me in the faith that was so strong that even after my own dad, biological father had left this world early in life, I was fathered by men who have the wisdom of Jehovah in them. Being a father is not about siring children. Being a father is having an impartation of Jehovah on the inward part of you that it expresses his character, his nature, his purposes, his wishes in them and those in whom they make that deposit. We've talked a lot about sonship and we probably have to talk about it more because we live in a time of such orphaned spirit that people are willing to just stay there. That brother thing I mentioned earlier, that fussing with each other. I will remind you that David was in the backside of the pasture caring for the sheep. One preacher told me he could see everything going on up at the house and knew he was not invited. That's a heavy revy. To see the prophet, the man of God, could see from a distance the sacrifices and see the brothers being looked over. Something significant's going on. But we don't read anywhere where David ever expressed any kind of jealousy. What you see is David is a man who understands stewardship. So he's caring for, ministering to his father's sheep. But the Lord saw him. I promise you, if David had been riling in his envy in the pasture, he could have never been the one Jehovah saw the whole time. 
I'm almost done for today. So there's a group of men wondering who is, who's going to be anointed by the prophet. And every human eye is looking in on this situation. But Jehovah's got his eyes over here. That's the reason why when Samuel looked at each one, Jehovah's still saying, no, he's not the one either. And no, not him. And no, not him. Jehovah's looking over here at the one that's beloved. The one who pulls out his harp, sings melodies unto Jehovah and worships God. A real man knows how to sing when nobody around will appreciate it. <laughs> a real man knows how to just sing a lullaby to an animal and bring calm and peace to it. Why would you do that, Pastor Dan? Well, you are the one that's going to have to chase them down if you're kicking the sheep and they're running all over the place. Don't be stupid. Speak peace to that that you have been called to give charge over. Keep them all safe. That's what sons do. And then fathers... Fathers have the ability to say to their sons, I'm about to go the way of all the earth, but prove yourself a man. Be strong, be courageous. Don't forget the brother in David, when he took cheese and, and bread to his brothers who were engaged in a warfare, <laughs> Joe, would you come now? Make people think that something's about to happen. When he's taking cheese and bread to his brothers and he's greeting them all, and the brother's like, not now, little man. Don't you see? We're just scared senseless. <laughs> and they're not engaged in any battle. They're just hiding behind the rocks. David didn't look at his brothers and call them weak. He just wanted to know why they hadn't gone down there and whooped Goliath. After all, their brothers... You understand, David come from a line of prostitutes and God-forsaken Moabites. You cannot ever look at me and say, I can't do anything for God, sir. Gentlemen, you can do anything for God. David comes from a line of a harlot called Rahab who rescued the spies and negotiated safe passage for her and her family. And as long as the scarlet cord was in the window of her house, the bloodline that was visible for all of Israel to see, safe and safe passage for her. She marries Solomon and then Solomon and they beget Boaz and Boaz marries Ruth and Ruth. And my God, it don't matter. What's your pedigree? Salvation, honey. My pedigree is proving myself a man. So ladies, when, that, when, your, when your King Arthur walks up close by you, you ought to say, ooh-wee. If you need to do it by faith, do it by faith. I don't want him to get the big head. I promise you, God and your own nature, lady, will keep him from getting the big head. I didn't hear any amens on that one. I want to break it down in these next 60 to 90 seconds and say to you, it's time for us to prove ourselves a man, a godly man, a man of faith. 
I want to learn how to be that king that God knows God has always known that I was destined to be a king to my wife and my sons, a king in my house. And when the king says, Lord, I still get a shiver when you walk by. That's when you like stick out that chest, even though it still don't go out as far as your gut does, you just do it anyway. Why? Because you feel it, underwear man. (laughs) When she sees that you're mentoring them children, that the aroma and the beauty of a home where a man is a king, a warrior, a mentor, and a friend is not to be compared to. I'm going to ask today that you would pray for your pastor that as we look at this this summer and this, the, for however long it takes us, how we can build strong homes because we build strong hearts on these pillars and walk in the power. It'll be far better than Camelot ever was. When the summer is easy, your daddy's rich and your mama's good looking. This is what I found out. My dad had more wealth than I knew about. Because when he held my hand in that bed, and he said, I love you. He said, I'm so proud of you, son. Your love for Jesus. You're accepting the call to ministry. You're choosing to be part of God's plan. Son, I bless you. I bless you with strength and courage. Your dad might not have done that for you, but your heavenly father is right here right now wanting to do that. So I ask every male in the building to stand to his feet. And I asked that you would build an altar. I didn't realize that beside my father's bed, there was an altar that had been built. I was kneeling beside the bed. And he's holding my hand and I'm holding his. And the side of the bed is getting wet from the tears flowing from my face. And I am choking over my own blubbering. But I hear words through that crying declaring his love. Do you know what my dad never did? Promise me you'll take care of mom. My dad knew who his father God was. He never put on me, take care of mom. Look after mom and John John, take care of them. He never did that. He never required any, anything from me in death. He was just pronouncing good things over us. Joe, I don't even remember if you, I don't know what you remember from that time when dad talked to you, but dad, our dad was never trying to pin some extra labor on us, if, even if he were to depart. He's just writing a message of love. I'm asking you, don't expect any, nobody needs the only person in the whole world that has a right to speak and whisper sweet nothings in your ear is your bride. Any other whore of Babylon is just that. 
one more time, just in case you're in shock at all. Tell the whores of Babylon, you're not talking in my ear. There is only one queen for me, and that's my bride. She can whisper whatever she wants. She's going to yell what she wants. She can whisper whatever she wants. There's only one. And your Father in heaven wants to write a message on your heart. And on behalf of your heavenly Father today, I want to say to you, like David did, prove yourself a man. It's the time. Be courageous. Be strong. So, Father God, on your behalf today, in the name of your Son, Yeshua, I ask that these amazing men, and I'm looking at all across this room, would be filled with the wonder and the awe and the power and the anointing that you have set upon their lives and for their lives, that they would every day of their life walk in that strength and that anointing. They will not undercut their potential because of age or station in life, because of place of work or career. We will not ever negate your potential in them by some wrong message written on our heart. We are men of God. We will walk in strength. We will be all you've called us to be and nothing short of that. Now, men of God, would you just say this with me? Ask for me in my house. You might not even have a house. I see some young men here. You're living in somebody else's house. I lived in my daddy's house for a lot of years. But we're just going to say it together. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want you to just declare this. The sword of the Spirit is yet in my hand. It's a two-edged sword, gentlemen. It's the Word of God. Quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword it is. Piercing, dividing asunder, soul and spirit, joining moral, discerning thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay, I have to be serious in this moment. I've had some really overwhelming conversations this week with men whose families are coming apart right now, like being exploded. And I'm just telling you, my heart is filled with this truth and this promise that he, he who has made you and created you and formed you is yet working on your behalf to fulfill his purpose in you and through you. And that he who began that good work in you is faithful to complete it until the end. I had a preacher say to me this week, a, a 15, 18 minute conversation. He said something and I talked just 18 minutes to him about sonship. And he wept and cried, a man older than I. He just wept and cried and then he prayed, Lord, these words and he, he left. And he come back another day to talk to me and he said, I am changed. And I thought, 18 minutes? Yes. 18 minutes of a revelation from God concerning who you are, sons of the Most High God, you King Arthurs of Camelot, you wielders of the sword of the Word of God, you who bear the helmet of salvation and deliverance, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, your loins are girded with truth, and you'll walk in the most powerful presence of shalom, the peace of God. 
treading upon serpents and scorpions and upon all the power of the enemy so that nothing shall by any means hurt you. You are men of God and righteousness. So I ask if you've got to stick that chest out a little bit and say, I'm man enough today. Amen? You put on them shorts and go out and barbecue for your family today and them lily white ugly legs. Stand there like a soldier. And while that thing is cooking, get both hands on your hip. Because your queen's about to walk out and go, Woo-wee! It's the oddest things that just make them happy. You take your little boys for a haircut. My God, I didn't know I could be so sexy. He's going and taking my little boys to get their hair cut. But it's just us here today, so nobody can get embarrassed about that. Ladies, why don't you hike yourself up to the men, if you would, and let's all stand together and receive a blessing. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, 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 short message, preacher. <laughs> okay, I won't do all the extra singing next week, all right? There you go. Father's Day. There are some people who won't go to church, but if you tell them it's Father's Day, for goodness sakes, I won't cook you another steak the rest of my life if you don't get your backside with me to church. Do it. Don't smile at me. Yay, say amen. Some, some guys just need to know, you, I'm going to treat you like a Greek God and serve you burnt offerings for six weeks if you don't get up and go to church with me. Do you hear me? Preacher's got something he wants to say to you, and Lord, I heard some of it last week, and it's good. Go ahead. And no women hardly made any noise on that one, but that was a good word right there. You know, God anoints your golf game when you go to church. I got word on that. I'll show you a scripture and verse next week. Hallelujah. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God our Father, may the communion of the Holy Spirit rest upon you like a crown of life. May the river of God flow from your very belly. May the song of the Lord fill your mouth and your ears with worship. May your eyes be enlightened to see the hand and the goodness of God in the land of the living. Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free. Free.